from the Mercy One Studio. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. It's time to hear from the top Christian litigators in the nation who have come forward to tell us the truth and help us defend our faith. Hear ye, hear ye. All rise. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano is in session. And good Thursday morning from the Mercy One Studios in West Des Moines. I'm Deacon Mike Mano, and I'm sitting here with Gina Knoll. Gina, how are you? I'm well, Deacon Mike. Good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We had, we've had some nice weather. Yes, speaking and, of the weather. But it was uh, rainy, I guess, overnight. We need it. Yeah. yeah we Definitely <laughs> need it. Our rivers are very dry. Yeah, what the problem with the rain is in the grass grows, and I got to go out and mow oh, again. Yeah, and, yeah, it means work for you. Means work for me, and no I don't more bonbons and soap operas. That's right. That's right. Oh, I'll miss my soap operas. <laughs> want to remind everybody that Man Up West Power Lunches are back, and they start again tomorrow, July 9th, noon at St. Francis of Assisi in West Des Moines. I hear you have some wonderful speakers. They're they going do. to mm-hmm. uh, talk about the veil removed, which we love that video. If, mm-hmm. if our listeners haven't seen it. I think it's available YouTube and at their website, um, The Veil Removed. It's very good. It's really, I think of it every Sunday or every time I'm at a Mass. Um, yeah, I think of it too. And It's a beautiful visual for me. And I look around up on the altar and say, you know, all these angels are going to be right here with us. Yeah. Well, and I had no idea till I watched The Veil Removed that uh, you can have your, you should have your guardian angel bring your offerings to the altar. Mm-hmm at the Eucharistic portion of the liturgy? My guardian angel is usually traumatized by what I do, so <laughs> he, he's probably cowering in a corner someplace, you know. there's You see that, that picture of the angel with his head in, uh, head in his hands, crying, weeping, you know. Right. That's a lot of our guardian angels these days. Yeah. And I think of it as a good reunion for my, angel, my guardian angel to be with her or his uh, compadres up there at the altar. That's it's a right. good chance for her. That's it's right. like a reunion. That's right. And a lot it's of It's a t- great great video. A lot of times when I talk to my guardian angel, I ask him, you know, this person out there is having a tough time. Um talk to their guardian angel. See if see if you can help them out some way. You know, ah, I kind of send them on a mission, you there know. You go. go help these other people. All right. And we also want to mention that we've next uh, week we have our uh, um our Lori uh, Morgan concert on the 15th at the Horizon Event Center. Um, and you can get a VIP pass if you text Lori, L-O-R-R-I-E, to 515-223-1150. That's your chance to win a VIP pass. You can learn more about the tickets at CelebrateCountry.org. That's right. And uh, it's country music, not necessarily my favorite, but she is phenomenal human being and artist. So mm-hmm. I would encourage everyone to uh, join us um, on that at that programming. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, I'm going to miss the concert. Yes, you have. Uh, a- uh, um, we set up a, some time a couple of months ago a um, author's thing at the Chocolatery down on Ingersoll, uh, starting at four to seven that evening. And there are there are uh, myself and four other authors that are going to be there with books. Oh, will and, you be signing books as and, well as talking pe- about them? If people want me to sign them, I will. 
for a couple extra dollars. You know, mm-hmm. you buy the book, and then there's a service fee if I. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, and my books, you can't really get anywhere because they're both of them are out of print. But I have copies that. Uh, they're murder mysteries. If you like I was going to say, the, our listeners might think it might be a, a legal um, a book, but they really are um, nonfiction murder mysteries. They're fiction. Or I'm sorry, fiction. they're fiction mm-hmm. murder mysteries. And, and you'll right. be happy to know that in the first book, I killed a nun. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Very nice nun, but she she had to go. There you go. <laughs> Made Just way have to for get a the book plot. to find yeah. out how that works out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Wonderful. So we have today an uh, uh, Lions defending freedom attorney. To right, and we're going us. to talk again about that California donor case, and we're also going to expand from there and look at what we might be expecting in the next year or so in the area of religious liberty, because there's going to be more stuff coming up. And, well. Uh, I know um, the Alliance for Defending Freedom has quite a few cases. They All of their um, attorney work is pro bono, right. and they get uh, – religious liberties are under attack in the United States for certain, if not around the world, and uh, they're such a defender of those liberties. Right, they are, and they and they do that all pro bono, as you say. So uh, when, uh, when you – I think it's uh, adflegal.org or something like that is their website. We'll ask John, make sure we get it right. You can follow their cases. You can follow what they're doing. You can also make a donation there too. Well, I find it interesting because um, most of these things happen in other states. Some are truly in Iowa, but they do um, – they grow, and mm-hmm. these cases uh, start out in, in one state, and then a similar case occurs in another state. And, and, they, and they've been in Iowa doing, you know, there were the cases at uh, the uh, Iowa University, University of Iowa, and uh, some of them have gone up on appeal now, and right. uh, they're holding their own on those. Yeah, And they've been winning at mm-hmm. the Supreme Court. Absolutely. I, um, speaking of, the United States Supreme Court is out of session now mm-hmm. until, what, October? Yeah, they come back in October, but there's they'll hear emergency hearings, things like that, if need be. So if somebody's got something, an emergency appeal to the Supreme Court, there might be a temporary ruling or something like that. But, I mean, they're still on duty but now they're out writing books and doing college lectures and things like that. Is that what they do in their <laughs> off time? Yeah. Well, what would you do wondered. if you were a Supreme Court justice? I'd Could go you? to the beach. This yeah. was a, this, <laughs> their job is incredibly stressful. Well, I don't know. It's all indoor work and there's no heavy lifting. You know, what's so stressful about that? Do uh, you have a prayer to open us up with? I do. A prayer for peace today. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. God of peace, bring your peace to our violent world. Peace in the hearts of all men and women and peace among the nations of this earth. Turn to your way of love, those whose hearts and minds are consumed with hatred. Strengthen us in hope and give us the wisdom and courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love reign among the nations and in the hearts of all. Amen. Thank you. John Birch from the uh, Alliance Fending Freedom will be with us next. This is Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. We will be right back with John after this. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for underwriting Christ is the Answer with Father Ricardo and for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Father Ricardo is featured daily at 11 a.m. Monday through Friday. Confluence Brewing Company is located off the bike trail south of Grays Lake. Confluencebrewing.com. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. Blessman International partners with volunteers and donors to provide sustainable programs for children in South Africa by leading 12-day all-inclusive experiences, sharing the heart of Christ with vulnerable children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmanInternational.org. Thank you to Blessman International for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. St. Vincent de Paul's assists those living in poverty to become self-sufficient. Learn more at svdpsm.org or call 515-282-8327. This message brought to you by Homemakers Furniture. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Lee and Eddie in the Morning provided by Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Bell Construction. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, and we have John Birch with us now, who's Senior Counsel at the Alliance Defending Freedom. John, welcome to the show again. Thank you so much for having me back. Certainly. Well, uh, you were good last time, so we thought we'd have you back again. (laughs) No, your position there, you see an awful lot. I want to talk about a couple of cases. Uh, One of them is this California donor case that you were on our program a couple months ago about, uh, which was successful in the Supreme Court. And then I want to talk uh, with you a little bit about what you see coming up now in the area of religious liberty. So let's talk about the California donor case for a minute. Uh, That was, what, a six to three vote? It, it was. We won a 6-3 decision uh, on the very last day of the court's terms. Uh, they upheld the right of every American to support causes they believe in without fear of harassment or intimidation by striking down a California donor disclosure regulation that required any charitable organization located anywhere in the country that solicited donors in California to hand over to the Attorney General's office information about their top donors, including how much they gave and their personal contact information. Um, the Supreme Court said that that regime was unnecessary and it exposed those donors to the potential that their information would be leaked and that they would be harassed or canceled, uh, depending on the organizations that they, they supported, and that violated the Constitution. And most gratifying about the decision is that the court struck down the policy facially as opposed to as applied, which means that it doesn't just have meaning to the two parties in the case, but to the more than 60,000 nonprofit organizations that solicit donations in California. Now, it seems to me that, uh, and this is what surprised me about the whole thing, that this matter was settled years ago with the NAACP, was it the state of Alabama or something like that? They were, uh, the state was trying to pull the same thing with the the group of of African-Americans. Exactly. Not just African-Americans. Um, it was back in the 1950s, and the NAACP was growing in influence. And so the state of Alabama, um, as well as a few other states, had required that they turn over lists of their supporters. 
And as you can imagine, that was extremely dangerous for anybody who supported the NAACP. Uh, you know, it could even mean lynching and death for someone, mm-hmm. as with our client, Thomas More Law Center. Some of their clients have had assassination attempts because of their religious ideology. Um, and uh, the Alabama rule and the other southern state rules had their intended effect over a two-year period. More than 50% of the people who were NAACP supporters stopped supporting simply because of the risk of exposure. And the court back then said, uh, you can't do that. Uh, that it violates the First Amendment right to association, which is inherent in the First Amendment's free speech clause. Um, But in that case, it only applied to the NAACP. The court did not create a broad rule that said you could never collect supporter information. And as I mentioned, this most recent decision that came down July 1st applies to every organization. And that makes sense, because even if you're an organization that does politically benign work, something could happen that could make people get upset or emotional about you, or you may simply not want to be solicited by thousands of other charities and organizations uh, when they find out that you gave a lot of money, for example, to the parent-teacher association at your public school in California. Um, So it it took that NAACP precedent, brought it into the 21st century, and applied it in a very broad way that protects all Americans. Good. So, John, uh, when we first started following this particular case, um, I remember learning that the state of California had started collecting some of these lists under their regulations and policies. Um, and then accidentally, quote unquote, the, the lists were being um, released to the public. Uh, did this ruling provide any relief for those parties who might have been affected by the um, accidental release and publications of their donors? That's a great question. Um, this ruling does not address that because Thomas More Law Center, our client, and Americans for Prosperity Foundation, which was the other plaintiff in the Supreme Court, um, both said, we are not giving you any Schedule Bs. And they went immediately to court to protect their donor's identity. Um, So the issue of what to do with forms that had already been given to California and released was not resolved. If I was a, a charitable organization that gave California that donor information in the past, rather than filing a lawsuit, even if they didn't release it, I would be knocking on their door right now demanding that they... Um, delete those electronic files and shred any paper copies that they have because they don't have the right to keep it anymore. Um, so I, I hope that those organizations will take immediate action. Well, would they be eligible for any kind of relief? Uh, they could be if they could demonstrate that the release of their confidential information harmed them in some way. Okay. It, it may well be that if an organization gave information and it was um, disclosed, like you said, quote, inadvertently or otherwise, um, and they could show that they had lost donors as a result of that or supporters or had some other uh, harm that came to them, then absolutely they would be able to claim damages for that. Yeah, as I recall, the uh, the leaks that were coming, the um, computer, the login where you would find this on, on the computer, whatever page you would go to to find this, uh, that was supposed to have uh, those uh, confidential all you needed, they were password protected, weren't. And people were able to just click on and there was all the donor information that they wanted. Right, right. That's horrible. Yeah, it, it was It was a double problem. One, it was not very secure. Um, with thousands of the records, you could access them just by changing one character in the URL address. Um, and with others, they were just posted for anyone to see without having to do anything, no password, no nothing, simply because they made mistakes. Um, California uses part-time help and student workers and independent contractors to do its 
collection of these forms and the posting of them on their internet site. And, and sometimes they would just post all the donor information, even though they weren't supposed to do that. And, and California says it's put more measures in place since then to try to prevent that from happening. But after they did that, the expert was immediately able to find even more of those those types mm-hmm. of documents. And so mm-hmm. it didn't give assurance to anyone. Okay, beyond the California case here, what else are we looking for in the next uh, uh, year or the next few months with the uh, legal cases that may be uh, setting new precedents for us? Well, the, the one that everybody is going to be watching is Dobbs, D-O-B-B-S. And that's the case out of Mississippi involving their 15-week law. It prohibits any abortions except to um, save the health of the mother after 15 weeks. And going all the way back to Roe versus Wade, the U.S. Supreme Court has kind of gone back and forth as to whether states have the ability to regulate abortions before viability. In Roe itself, it said, no, you can't restrict anything before viability. But in the context of partial birth abortions, that gruesome procedure where the, the doctors partially deliver the baby and and then kill it, um, they murder said that it. you do have murder it, exactly. You do have the ability to prevent that, and it upheld the Federal Partial Birth Abortion Act, and that applied before viability. And so the, the court may make a, a ruling that says, yes, states can regulate before viability. That would open the door to some of these recent laws that include you know, 12-week laws, fetal pain laws, heartbeat laws, and things like that. Or they may decide appropriately that Roe versus Wade should be overturned entirely because it's not based on the Constitution, but something that justices just made up in the 1970s. Now, um, I, I so, see that the abortion industry is gearing up for that eventuality, and uh, they're, I guess, getting ready to uh, to react to that and to continue their uh, abortions even in violation of the law, if necessary. Well, um, if you overturn Roe versus Wade, um, that would not make abortion illegal everywhere. All it would do is put the decision back in the hands of state legislatures and voters. Um, so in states like California and New York, which have shown just a terrifying commitment to murdering children in the womb, um, those laws would still be on the books and you'd be able to travel to those states and, and get an abortion. Um, but they've also moved to introduce legislation in Congress so that they can federalize the legality to abortion in case the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade. And you can also see them making pushes at the state level, even in, in states that might have legislatures that are inclined to protect life, um, to try to get liberal state Supreme Courts to create uh, state constitutional rights to abortion. That's happened in Kansas or in Iowa. Iowa we're, yes. we're working mm-hmm. to undo those. Yeah, we've um, got a constitutional a amendment pending right now that would undo that. Good. But you also have a, a case pending um, that um, we're, we're getting involved in, involving your 24-hour waiting period that mm-hmm. the legislature just passed. And that's an opportunity to ask the Iowa Supreme Court to go back and revisit that terrible 2018 ruling that created a state constitutional right to abortion in Iowa, where clearly Clint did not exist. Now, um, so so th- this is going to be a, a huge issue in the next term. And then there's a couple of religious liberty cases that we could discuss as well. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so the first one the court has already accepted. It's called Carson versus Macon. And it's a case out of Maine. And this is what I would say you know, it would be the, the third part in a three-part trilogy of cases involving um, religious education 
and whether states have the ability to provide public dollars for private uh, non-religious schools, but discriminate against religious schools in that funding. And the, the court first in an alliance defending freedom case in Hosanna Tabor um, said that the state of Missouri couldn't do that in the context of playground resurfacing. That was the one that involved the, the chop tires that they would put right. down on playground surfaces to protect kids. And they had a Blaine Amendment that said no funding for religious schools. The state refused to give the Lutheran school the money for the playground. And the Supreme Court said, no, that's discrimination. But the second part in the trilogy was last year in Espinoza. That was the Montana Scholarship Program. Mm-hmm. And Montana also had a Blaine Amendment. And they said, well, these scholarships can't go to anybody attending religious school. And, and the, again, the Supreme Court said, no, that's unconstitutional. But they, they were very careful to say that it was because Montana and Missouri before it were uh, discriminating based on the religious status of those schools. Simply because they, they were religious schools, they were out. So what the, the Court of Appeals did in this main case, um, it was former Supreme Court Justice Souter, who has retired but still sits as a Court of Appeals judge. He wrote an opinion saying, well, Maine isn't discriminating based on status. They're discriminating based on religious use. So if you're a religious school in name only, and you provide you know, what's generally a non-religious education, that's okay. But if you want to actually teach religion in your classes, then Maine can say no to that. And uh, the Supreme Court took that case, and I, I've got a high degree of confidence that they're, again, going to vindicate the right of religious schools to actually be religious um, <laughs> and not simply rely on the, the status distinction. Now, this case in Maine, is this the case where the um, state law requires school districts that don't have uh, uh, high schools to pay the tuition to a school of the parent's choice? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're in the Midwest, like, like you are and like mm-hmm. I am, um, this sounds like a strange system. Um, but, but they've got these districts set up, and some of them have public schools, K-12, and some of them do not. And if they do not, you have to send your child somewhere else. And so state funding allows you to homeschool. It allows you to send your kid to a neighboring public school, and it allows you to send your student to a neighboring religious school so long as they aren't actually religious. Yeah. Um, but, but if, and but as if I recall, you can, send, you can send your child to an out-of-state school. Yeah. In that. Yeah, yeah that, that too. The only thing you can't do is send them, for example, to a Catholic high school um, in your district or a neighboring district uh, that actually teaches the principles of the Catholic faith while they're talking about science and history and other subjects. Um, so that, that'll be what the Supreme Court focuses on. Okay. Very good. Um, Anything else going on? Uh, oh, I, I have one question I wanted to ask you about, and that's uh, the when we have this down on, on my sheet here. The um, uh, Supreme Court turned down Baronel Stetsman, uh, the Washington yes. florist. She was seeking uh, a, a, another hearing in front of the Supreme Court, and they turned that down. What what gives with that? Well, that that was a, a terrible tragedy for Baronel Stetsman. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you in your audience who don't remember her. Uh, she's the Washington State floral artist um, who creates floral art for any customer, will hire anybody, uh, even LGBT employees, and has. Um, she had a, a long-term customer a client. His name was Rob, and she provided all of his custom floral arrangements over this 10-year period, including for celebrating he and his same-sex partners' anniversaries and their Valentine's Day celebrations. But when Rob asked her to do the flowers, uh, custom flowers, for their same-sex wedding, 
Uh, she took him aside, held his hand, and told him how much she loved him and cared for him, but she simply couldn't do that because of her relationship with Jesus Christ and her beliefs about marriage. And she recommended three other nearby florists that she knew would do a good job. Um, he was disappointed, but left as a friend, and she thought that would be the end of it. But when the Washington State Attorney General got wind of that, um, without having even received a complaint, he launched an unprecedented lawsuit against Baronell in both her business and her personal capacity. Um, they went all the way to the Washington State Supreme Court, which concluded that um, for having lovingly treated this customer for 10 years but turned down one message that she couldn't express, that that violated the state anti-discrimination ordinance, which applies to sexual orientation. The Supreme Court vacated and remanded that decision at first time based on the Masterpiece Cake Shop case involving our client Jack Phillips, the master baker in Colorado. And they just simply re-entered the same opinion again, almost word for word. Um, and three justices would have taken Baranoff's case this time, but you need four. You need four. Um, yes, it, it, sir. it wasn't enough. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's very disappointing. <laughs> it, it means that she's potentially on the hook um, for attorney's fees for the ACLU, which represented the couple, and, and that could be well into the seven figures. Um, John, I'm getting I'm had... getting a rap sign here, so we're going to have to close down <laughs> here. Real quick, uh, your website, in case somebody wants to follow uh, what you're doing. Absolutely. It's adflegal.org, and I urge people to continue praying for Baron Mel, and because of her courage, there's going to be lots of cases in the future that give the Supreme Court opportunities to uphold religious liberty in this country. Thank you, John. We'll be talking to you again. You're All listening, right. You're listening day. to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. The number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. The Catholic Tuition Organization provides tuition assistance for families to send their kids to our Catholic schools and 65% Iowa tax credits for you. Give to ctoiowa.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Lee and Eddie in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. Blessman International partners with volunteers and donors to provide sustainable programs for children in South Africa by leading a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with vulnerable children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at blessmaninternational.org. That's blessmaninternational.org. Thank you, Blessman International, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and the Uncommon Good provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences, where you can chart your course for more. This is Bo Bonner. And I'm Dr. Bud Marr from the Uncommon Good. Mercy College provides unparalleled clinical rotations, hands-on learning, accelerated education, and flexible schedules. Since 1899, Mercy College has been transforming students into healthcare professionals. Guided by Catholic values, our faculty put classroom theory into practice. Students are prepared for roles in service and leadership throughout their own careers. Learn more at mchs.edu. All right, that's it for Faith on Trial. This week, uh, let's end with our prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, 
by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. For Gene and myself, thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of Faith on Trial. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano. Faith on Trial, Thursdays at 10 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio, iowacatholicradio.com, and the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imaging Ingredients.